This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 571, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, April 18th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 571. This is our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, April the 18th. Uh, This is coming to you on the 26th of April, so new books have already come out, so let's... uh, Take a quick last look at books that came out uh, last week. Uh, some of the books I will not be chatting about from April 18th include The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, Action Comics 1000. I missed it, or at least haven't had a chance to read it, I should say, unfortunately. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man New Year Vow is 18, Aquaman, Batman, Creature of the Night, uh, Batman Sins of the Father, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, number 6, uh, Batman, Batwoman, Cable, Damage, Green Lanterns, Infinity Countdown, Marvel Universe Magazine... Uh, Nightwing, Venomized, Weapon X, uh, Weapon H, X-Men Gold. Ooh, that's a lot of stuff. So what did I read? Uh, that's a great question. I read Amazing Spider-Man 799. Uh, this was uh, the, what, the, not the the third last issue, I believe, that Dan Slott's writing, uh, but the second last chapter of Go Down Swinging. Um, it's by Stuart Eminen and Dan Slott, is the, well, at least the, the total issue. Uh, this is called uh, Part 3, The Ties That Bind. Uh, artwork looks fantastic as always, but I don't think you expect anything less from Stuart Eminen these days, or ever. Um, that being said, the story was good. I just, I just, I almost felt that after last issue and having Peter kind of resign, you know, say, I'm going I'm to bring you down, him kind of bringing in the spider friends didn't quite feel, I don't know, it didn't quite feel enough um, or personal enough. And I, I, I guess what's kind of weird about this is that, and I, I think about books like Revelation, um, sorry, Spider-Man 75 Revelations, when that issue specifically, um, and I think ever since that issue, and maybe that was the first time though, um, it very clearly made the conflict between Spider-Man and Green Goblin about Peter and Norman. And I guess you could really argue that that really hadn't been done until then, but it really changed their relationship afterwards because every story that ever happened afterwards, at least up until 2008, was very intimately about Norman and Peter. Um, And then after Brand New Day, you still had an intimacy between Spider-Man and Green Goblin as villains, and obviously Green Goblin kept coming back, but you lost a little bit of the intimacy of it being a uh, uh, Parker-Osborne kind of conflict. And last issue, the fact that, you know, uh, you had Green Goblin basically saying that, you know, this is a, you know, I, I just don't want you to be Spider-Man. You can be Peter, but you can't be Spider-Man anymore. I felt it was weird, but I guess maybe not. Like, I, part of me wants to be like, well, that's not really true to the character, but I have to recognize and be fair. And I, sometimes I think I'm almost too fair and trying to see about every side possible. Um, but, you know, maybe Howard Mackey got it wrong. Um, and some people would say that he did uh, when he wrote that issue. But I think that issue informs so much of what came later that it's difficult for me to now go back and say and see something where, you know, Osborne doesn't care about Spider-Man or Peter being Spider-Man as long as he's just not Spider-Man because Spider-Man is the problem. It's interesting take, and I, I found myself thinking about that a lot. Um, I found that the end of the issue with the symbiote kind of covering Normie and him kind of becoming, you know, potentially a, another version of the Red Goblin or a younger Red Goblin. I don't know if that really worked for me. I feel like some people were like, oh, crap. Like, holy shit, that's a, you know, that's a big kind of last page. And for me, it, I don't know. Something about it didn't quite work for me. And I, I don't know if I... Something, something isn't jiving for me, and I cannot put my finger on it. Because... I, you know, when Osborne showed up in the last issue, it was very menacing and scary. It was cool. Once the bond with the the symbiote, 
or, or what symbiote if you're watching a Venom trailer um, and he has like the weird tail and I, I don't know it kind of takes me out of it, it, it I, I don't know if I really like it that much and I don't know if it really makes me scared enough for the character or ma- makes him that much more formidable I don't know it just something about it isn't ringing true, and I cannot, for the life of me, think why. Um, I do like, however, like him fighting the spider friends, as I call them, and you know, the, it being very difficult for everyone to kind of take him down and subsume him, and all the kind of traditional tactics aren't working. That part's cool. It's just weird to not have Peter in that part. Although we're gonna, we're about to get what a triple, quadruple, you know giant comic in issue 800 so we're going to see a lot of Peter and Norman anyway so I, I not really a complaint it's just more it's just not happening here I like Clash um, I do feel that him suddenly being used and you know the idea that Peter knows that you know he's not all terrible and I need you to help anyway and I, I don't know if I quite bought that enough um, it just is weird and even the kind of reveal with um, Osborne's ex-wife uh, or Harry's mom, that felt weird too. That quite didn't quite ring true. Or it just felt like a weird moment that I don't know if it really made a lot of sense. Um, but overall, I mean, the issue's still good. The artwork's gorgeous. Um, I just felt that some of the character moments maybe didn't land or they didn't quite work or there's something felt like it was missing somewhat. I don't know. There's just... Couldn't put my finger on it though. Like it's one of those issues where, like, I liked it, good art, but it didn't quite. It wasn't quite a you know home run. Um, you know, it, it was a solid issue, but it wasn't like my favorite issue of the week by any means. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Uh, next up, we have Avengers No Surrender, or Avengers Six Eighty Nine No Surrender Part Fifteen, uh, with a great cover which I really like, which I believe is by Mark Brooks. Um, this was this was really good. You know, second last chapter by Mark Wade Al Ewing and uh, Jim Zub, popular rise at art. Uh, I think who did the cover art on here? Yeah, it was Mark Brooks. Um, I like this. This was you know kind of obviously the action oriented issue where everyone kind of takes the fight to um, the Challenger, um, which is you know again a, a cool sequence. What I really liked was everything with uh, Living Lightning versus uh, Grandmaster uh, playing what poker together. That was really cool and a, a different way of looking at it, a, like a different way of resolving a conflict, um, which felt very natural to that character. Uh, I really dug this. I thought this was like really fun and enjoyable. You know, it was a long kind of you know action oriented issue, and uh, maybe a little quick on the on the ending. Um, but uh, I'm excited to read the epilogue, so to speak. I haven't actually read it yet. I do have it. Um, I'm excited to read it though, and I'm sad that I'm not going to have a weekly Avengers book anymore. Uh, obviously, it's a breakneck pace, and they can't do it forever. But it was just really well plotted, well put together. A lot of you know characters got great moments, and I think the the writers did a really good job coming together on this. I thought the art was great. Um, I, I am going to miss having this book around in this format. Um, I'm going to give it a, yeah, a very strong 8. This is a great issue. Uh, next up is Daredevil 601. Uh, I continue to enjoy this series and I, I like it's just it's just great. It's good Daredevil stuff. It's still very different than the you know the two iterations of Daredevil for it, but it still works. Uh, Charles Sewell is writing it. Uh, Mike Henderson uh, steps in on art and has actually a really good style here that reminds me of uh, Gardy's take on the on the character. Um, 
I I just really enjoyed it. I mean, you have the first you know few pages are really action oriented and uh, a lot more kind of uh, high stress. Where you know you're you have uh, Daredevil trying to escape and doing everything he can to kind of get himself out of this you know potentially really bad situation. And then you get into some really fun stuff where Murdoch shows up and uh, you know he's the bear now. And uh, it almost felt and I think this the reason why I feel this way is that there's a few shots of uh, Murdoch and you can tell he's kind of enjoying himself, but not. Because obviously it's dire circumstances as, as to why he's in the uh, the deputy the mayor's chair now. But there are certain looks he made that really reminded me of Mike Murdoch character from uh, the original Daredevil days. Um, so I really like that. Again, this issue is really broken up into two main uh, segments. But uh, no, this was this was really entertaining. I'm excited to kind of see what's going to happen next. There's kind of a chaotic energy here. Like you know, I don't really know what they're going to do next. Um, so yeah, this was great. Eight out of ten. Uh, next up is Incredible Hulk. This is issue seven fifteen. Uh, this is World War Hulk two part two, um, written by Greg Pak, artwork by Carlo Barberi. It, it's good. I I feel like the, my only problem with it is that they're kind of again making they're taking the 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 fun Hulk that I really liked. Amadeus Cho being, and they're making him more like the Banner Hulk in terms of there being a dark side, uh, you know, Amadeus fighting with for control of the Hulk inside his mind, and it's fine. It's you know, it's well written. It's interesting. Uh, you know, got compelling stakes here. Um, you know, everyone trying, trying to kind of confront uh, you know the the Hulk and Amadeus trying to figure out what he can do to kind of get um, word across to so people understand that he's trapped inside. That's cool. But again, it just it feels counter to what the old, you know the total what was it originally the totally awesome Hulk or whatever what he was originally pitched at, and they're changing him into something that feels more like regular Hulk. And I just don't know if that fits. Like part of what I loved about Amadeus Cho being the Hulk is that it was different, and um, that again he was a guy who was kind of reveling in in this power and this and was doing the right thing. And you know he, he had some challenges along the way. Uh, and things he had to deal with and work through, especially when Banner died. But um, I like that it was a very different type of Hulk story, and now it feels a little bit more of a typical Hulk story. It's not Banner, but it's not that dissimilar to some of the things we've seen in the past in terms of uh, kind of wrestling with, you know, uh, the beast within. And I don't know if I buy that here. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. It's not a bad issue by any means. Um, it's well illustrated. Um, you know. Pac does not write a bad comic. It just didn't quite land for me uh, for the reasons I kind of have already mentioned. Uh, and last, lastly, we have Superman 45. This is my best, the best book of the week that I've read. Um, gorgeous cover uh, with the clouds kind of forming the S as uh, Superman, Lois, and John, and Crypto are walking through the fields. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's a really, really sweet story. Uh, even that that first issue, there's you know a lot of uh, emotion to it. The idea that you know this house that uh, the Kents were living in and that they kind of raised John in is being sold, um, and you know which was you know we know that they had moved and that they were you know this was kind of a long time coming. I love the idea that Lois wanted to take the um, the mailbox with her. That kind of feels very accurate, and it's just a really nice story on endings and uh, you know and it's great father son moments and uh, it's just. It's just it's it's a sweet issue, and yeah, I'm, I mean I'm I'm glad that we have uh, you know Bendis writing Superman soon and uh, really kind of t- bringing his style and and doing something you know on his own. But I'm going to be very sad to see this series ending because 
it was just it, it was amazing it was you know it was just such a especially this issue it was just so heartfelt um Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi did an amazing job um and Gleason on art just absolutely killed it um and I guess that I I hope that Bendis is able to still instill the book with a feeling of family and seeing Superman be a dad um, Batman being a dad is kind of the, a weird juxtaposition. It's a character who is supposed to be a loner, but actually has a huge family. Um, and having him dealing with an actual blood relation and his actual son has been interesting. But there's just something so much more rewarding about seeing Superman be a, a father, because in a lot of ways, I mean, pre New Fifty Two, you know, he was kind of you know he was the paternal figure of the Marvel, of the DC universe, and so seeing him with an actual son. Now, the only bad part about having, you know, having uh, John is that we don't have Connor, right? We don't have, you know, the Superboy we used to have and that people loved doesn't exist anymore. But I do love John. Um, John is a fantastic character. And, again, I love seeing the relationship between uh, Clark and John. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm a father. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old son. I'm sure that plays a part of it, that maybe I appreciate the father-son dynamics in ways that maybe I didn't before I had a child. So maybe that, you know, maybe I got the dad goggles on that are kind of clouding my judgment in terms of how much I'm enjoying it. But uh, it just, this issue was so perfect and so sweet and simple and uh, it was just so good. And I'm just so thankful that we have it, you know, not everything is Sturm und Drang, you know? Not everything has to be, you know, big operatic craziness and with dire stakes and, and everything feeling dark. And sometimes you just want to read a comic where at the very, you know, right near the very end, you have, you know, Superman and Superboy, you know, ripping open their, uh, you know, their clothes to show off their costumes and they're about to fly off and there's fireworks in the background. Sometimes that's what you want, you know? And even like the last page um, of, you know, the, the you know, Superman and uh, Superboy having done the, you know their good deed and now they've fallen asleep with the TV on eating pizza and you just have Lois kind of uh, covering them with a, a blanket and you get to see that she did take the, um, the post office box it just, it just, it's just really a nice sweetly sweetly emotional um, I'm going to give it a, a 9.5 like I just I don't think there was a wasted page it was just it was just a really nice it was a nice way to wrap up the, the run and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sad it's over. Um, yeah, no, it was it was really well done. Um, I'm, I'm such a big fan of what they put together, and this issue was great. So nine and a half out of ten for sure. Uh, looking forward next week, uh, or really the books that came out yesterday. Um, some of the books that came out include Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. So far, the only book I've read. Uh, new issue of Avengers again, as I said, the last issue of the No Surrender kind of era. Uh, new issues of All New Wolverine, Batgirl, Batman and the Signal. I forgot that was even still running. Darth Vader, Despicable Deadpool, as it gets so so close to the issue 300 now. Uh, Doctor Strange, Exiles, Invincible Iron Man, getting really close to issue 600. Uh, Marvel Rising, uh, Mira, Queen of Atlantis. New issues of Moon Knight, Old Man Hawkeye, uh, what else? The Flash, Titans Annual, Venom, Venomized, Wonder Woman, X-Men Blue, Mighty Thor. So a lot of stuff. So hopefully I'll have a chance to read some of it. Um, don't know if that's going to be possible considering the uh, the next few days are, uh, let's say, packed. Uh, we have Infinity War that I'm seeing tomorrow on the 27th. Uh, and then I'm at an amusement park on the Saturday and all this stuff. So uh, a lot of plans. So hopefully I'm able to read a lot of comics to talk about in our next reviews episode. But thank you for listening. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate the show on Facebook. Sorry. 
like the show on Facebook, rate and review the show on iTunes, uh, subscribe on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode. Our next episode will be a, um, our uh, Avengers Infinity War Spotlight. And then uh, the episode after that, which uh, I'm trying to remember what number episode this is. I guess episode 574 will be our conversation with Norm Brayfogle. Uh, he's, you know, a, for a lot of people, he is the Batman artist for fans of a certain age. Uh, he he illustrated Detective Comics uh, for quite a long time alongside Alan Grant. Or sorry, do, uh, Alan Grant was the writer. He was the illustrator. Uh, so I got to ch- uh, sit down with him. Actually, literally, been, uh, for just before I recorded this reviews podcast, I finished an hour and a half uh, conversation with Norm. It was uh, so much fun. Um, really interesting insights uh, into kind of his history, how he got into comics. Um, you know, his kind of philosophy as an illustrator. Um, what kind of motivates him? Yeah, it was a great conversation. So you're going to want to episode, download episode 574 to uh, hear everything that Norm has to say about illustrating Batman um, and working for DC Comics, uh, working uh, for Malibu because uh, he worked on Prime as well as his own book, um, Metaphysique. So a lot of great stuff. Uh, so I think you'll really enjoy that. And we have some great new interview episodes coming out over the course of the next couple months as well. So uh, thanks again for joining us. We'll uh, make sure to catch us next time on Comic Shenanigans. Bye bye.